I'm Joyce Hornady. You might say accuracy is my business. I make bullets. You are listening to the Hornady Podcast. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Hornady Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Swerzik, and today we're talking bore driver ELDX muzzleloading bullet, and I'm joined around the table right beside me, fellow marketeer and fellow muzzleloader hunter, Judd Jarzinka, and then across the table, the guys on the technical side of things, Ryan Damon, project engineer, and his boss, assistant director of engineering, Joe Thielen. Guys, thanks for, for coming on. Glad to be here. Thanks, Seth. Yeah, we're, we're talking new products in this one. New, new. Yeah, finally. We, we may have alluded to it in a handful of episodes, but uh, finally, we can talk about it. Yeah, it just launched. Uh, it's a, a brand new product for us, and it's one that we take very serious. Um, you know, center fire ammunition and center fire bullet, you know, as a component, they get a lot of the limelight. They get a lot of the spotlight. But the muzzle loading's not a second fiddle for us. It's something that with the board driver line, you guys have very specifically attacked the what I'm gonna call modern inline muzzle loader, uh, that it works and it is designed specifically for them. And the performance, it just it's easy because you keep that in consideration during the design process. So yeah, that's probably something we should hit on is board driver in general. Yeah, yeah, you exactly. I- Good point. So Joe, Ryan, you know, the board driver was a huge advancement for us. I'm going to call it a technological breakthrough uh, to, you know, put a marketing spin on it. Um, but it is a Sabbatless system that is Colorado legal. And that system, not just is it Colorado legal, it actually enhances its accuracy. That's what makes it work so well. So talk us through, you know, the board driver line as a whole. What is the board driver all about? Well, like you said, it's a non-Sabbat projectile system for an inline muzzleloader. Uh, we wanted to have an option that's a cup and core, a drawn jacket, rifle bullet, but we have to have a system on the back end for a gas seal and something to spin that projectile up with a muzzleloader system. So that is at the the base of what these bullets is is the cavity in the back and then mm-hmm. the post on the skirt and that system is the bore driver uh and we just carry that into new new product here but the big like i said the big benefit is non-sabo so you're Cal- colorado legal sabot sabo i'll i'll yeah, probably go back same. and forth on that yeah. I'll, I'll talk about it here but uh yeah so there's some tricks on how to form that in the base and how we were going to do that. That was early on development of how, how are we going to get those two pieces to hold together? Sure. And how we got, how is it going to load and is it going to be accurate? And I think we all, we succeeded on accomplishing all those things. Absolutely. Joe, from a dynamic and, and gyroscopic stability standpoint, why is that spin up so critical, uh, specifically for a muzzleloader bullet? So as everybody knows with a muzzle loader, you have to load the projectile from the, the muzzle end instead of the breech end. And then when you do that, your bullet or your package, if you will, has to fit down the barrel, but then it also has to obturate in some form or fashion or have some features to it so you'll get spin up. Because if you don't get spin up um, with your projectiles that are spin stabilized, they will not shoot very good. Okay. They're not so it's an accuracy They're, thing. Yeah. It, it, and a gas seal and stuff so you don't get upset. So there's a few things that make um, muzzle loaders unique, and that is from the firearm side is the the bore and groove diameter of the barrels are they vary some they they vary more than a conventional center fire um 
rifle, say 6.5 Creedmoor. Um, and then the second thing is to get them to shoot well, you need to have your system that Ryan alluded to is how we design it and build it. You have to get a clean release of your sabo, or in this case, your non-sabo, your skirt. Mm-hmm. You got to get a clean release. The, the The cleaner you can release the projectile out of the muzzle and the sooner you get the the skirt or the sable off the projectile, the, the better chance you have for inherent accuracy. So um, we built a few things into there, you'll notice. And, and then we also, like Ryan said, they're cup and core. That's our wheelhouse. We build a lot of cup and core bullets, you know, jacketed mm-hmm. lead core bullets. That's where accuracy lives right there. We're, and we're very good at that. Exactly. So we took, um, we took some of the things we learned from other bullets and making bullets for years and years and put them into this one. But the, the interaction between the, the skirt geometry and the projectile geometry is key, which I think we're going to think we'll get into that here, but it's key on, on making this thing shoot well. But the two things you need are you have to get them spun up and you have to get a clean release of your skirt or sabo and yeah. a muzzle loader. And you have to be able to load it. I mean, and, that's... Well, you have, yeah. first and foremost, you got to be able to load it. get it down the barrel. And, you know, uh, I think all of us around the table have uh, some experience with it. I know uh, Judd used it early on, that original board driver, FTX. Loaded well, shot well, killed well. Yeah. I got a couple things. To hit on the separation of the bullet and the skirt, just from doing high speed, it's like 18 inches and it's well off. Like it's instantly right out yeah. right out of the muzzle. Well, and, and for the listeners, uh, what Judd's uh, talking about is Judd is the, the keeper of a very expensive high speed camera. So we use high speed footage to see that release and see if it's tipping off the bullet at all. And so yeah. you're saying within... How far? 18 inches? Yeah, it, it's right it's, out of the muzzle. Yeah, in a couple of feet. We also use that to examine spin. Oh, rotation. And examine the bullet rotating. We want to see how soon that skirt's dropping off. Is that bullet tipping, tilting, yawing at all mm-hmm. as that skirt releases? And is it, in fact, spinning? And yeah. And that is a valuable tool tool for us to use that high-speed camera. And we can see all that, all yeah. that as it goes on. If I remember right, when we did the initial board driver i think the first time we set up we were like six or eight feet from the muzzle and the skirt wasn't even in the frame i think you're right it was gone and we didn't know what the heck happened but yeah it (laughs) just it comes off instantly so yeah we had to move clear to the muzzle and uh yeah then we could easily say but awesome and then as far as yeah using that uh the original board driver the ftx my way of thinking with a muzzle loader prior to shooting the board driver was I'm sighting my gun in at a hundred yards. And if I can hit a paper plate size, if I can get three in that, let's go hunting. Heck, I'm feeling good outside shooting that board driver FTX. It's almost like if, if I don't get three touching, you know, I want to shoot another group because yeah. you can do it. I mean, that's what's crazy. Going from the paper the pie, plate the, accuracy. The, yeah. Go, going from a pie plate to you, touching bullets with a muzzle loader to yeah. me is like that's been unheard of for me until i shot board yeah. driver well so. just the confidence in that that lens you know yeah. now i've got my muzzle loader and i know at 100 or 150 yards i'm yeah. i'm there it's right on so you get to to make some final points on the board driver ftx the the original board driver uh colorado legal it's got that skirt that helps engrave into the rifling and impart that spin into the bullet which is paramount for accuracy and it helps those bullets be very accurate out of a wide variety of different barrels and barrel dimensions and then from a terminal performance standpoint you know one of the more popular muzzle loading bullets out there the power belt a plated bullet and as good as those are for some applications 
dependable and consistent terminal performance when you're relying on pure lead, um, it just it leaves some to be desired. So we get the cup and core design, so it's easier to make accurate, and it's the terminal performance. Again, you tailored that specific to the muzzle velocities that a muzzle loader achieves, and uh, so that was just a again a groundbreaking product for us. Now transitioning into the new one, new for 2023, we're talking ELDX, and that puts a smile on my face because you know we talked about it. Nebraska's got a 31 day muzzleloader season. I love to be out in the field just as much as anybody, and I know you guys are passionate about it too. And now you've got an extended season, and now you've got some extended range, and they go hand in hand. And uh, walk us through what the board driver ELDX brings to the table, what the design process was, and and what kind of the the use case looks like for that bullet. So for this ELDX version, we wanted to give another option, something that's a little more ballistically efficient, if you will. I mean, you're looking at this one sitting on the table here, or the original 290, it's no cutting corners around it. It's short, stubby. It's, it doesn't have a high BC. Yeah, it's built for accuracy, and it's built it's for a, terminal performance for traditional range. Traditional range inside of a couple hundred yards, traditional hunting ranges, and it works great. But we thought, why not go a little bit further than that? We can we can give a customer, a, a hunter, everything that a factory 28 twist 50 cal inline muzzler will allow you to have. So the process... A lot of it comes down to stability and that mm-hmm. slow of a twist rate. How much length can you get to get a long ogive on there, a long profile? And that's what gives you that high BC. Uh, how long can you get before you, you're not going to stabilize that thing anymore? So that's where the trade-offs come in, the, the, the design of this one. Because 50 cal, a uh, 500 half-inch diameter bullet, when you start lengthening that thing out, you add weight real quick. Yeah, that's a lot <laughs> of lead inside there. So... uh you can make a giant bullet that's going to be insanely heavy. And, uh, yeah, you probably have a high BC if you have a barrel to spin it up and get mm-hmm. it stable. But 28 twist, that's your limiting factor. So um, this bullet has a lot of air in the front. You'll notice that the tip is tip is very large, and there's a lot of tip in the front end too. So that pushes that center of gravity, the center of mass, way back towards the rear end okay. of that bullet. Uh, that's what allows the length that that has compared to the 290 and there's a 340 grain bullet i don't know if we've mentioned that um that's a that's that's a heavy weight that's a a long ball hitter there's a lot of bullet it's a lot of bullet there but it's comparable i mean there's other bullets out there other 350 grain bullets out there it's comparable it's uh in the in the realm of what people may have already been used in the past so i wanted to get something that's yeah it's going to be heavier but you could we could have made a 500 grain bullet really i mean if you want right it's just you had to you had to cut that weight off somewhere and then figure out how to get an ogive that works. That's going to be yeah. some stability. Well, what I like about this one is compared to other long range, quote unquote, uh, muzzle loading bullet designs out there, this one has a actual ogive profile where the other uh, ELR style uh, muzzle loading bullet, the, OG, the there is no ogive. I mean, it's just a weird looking shape at the tip and uh, I don't know how well those things do ballistically. I haven't shot them on radar or anything to see what their BCs were. Um, but this design just looks the part. It looks like you you know what you're doing as far as bullet design goes. So uh, <laughs> great job there. And I really appreciate, I think we all do, that you, and it, it just is, this aligns with everything you've done already. You went and looked at all the 50 caliber muzzleloaders and what's the common denominator on twist rate. Is there some with a 1 and 24? Sure. 
but there's a lot of them with a 1 in 28. So you use that as your benchmark to guarantee stability and accuracy with that twist rate. Yeah, and just to mention that again, that like this whole thing was designed ground up. We built this tip just for this projectile. Uh, so that's a big in, uh, investment. Yeah, it's old for that. Mold. Mm-hmm. We could have easily just cut a bunch of corners. We already have a bunch of tips that we have molds for, and would have been a lot of le- less added cost. But and you can tell some people do that in bullets and other companies. You can tell that's what they did. They'll have this tip in an existing bullet. So just well, move it over. We want to make something else with a longer road jive, and let's just do the best we can and adapt that tip to that projectile. But in order to make something on this scale that much longer than what we already had, it, there really was no other option to make a new tip, make it fit as good as we could. So while we're talking about that tip, maybe you guys can kind of hit this also. This is an ELDX bullet, but it is not the heat shield tip compared to the other ELDXs. Yeah. So this is a different material. Maybe explain why it doesn't have to be the heat shield tip. Yeah, the heat shield. So the heat shield tip, that material really benefits when you have a certain, your projectiles launched at a certain velocity and you that, that bullet undergoes a certain temperature in flight. And then that's what, that's the whole reason heat shield came to be. Uh, but for these bullets, they're going so slow, even, I mean, you're under 2,000 feet per second you're really not seeing that same, those same thermal properties that are needed for that heat shield material. This material does just fine at the yeah. the temperatures that it's seen in it's flight. Te- it's temperature over time, time. right? Yeah. You and Jaden have said. Yep. So it's, yep. I mean, this is going so slow that. And it's, even, it is, and the, the BC compared to the other bullets is so much higher, but yet it's still compared to a 6.5 or 30 cal ELD match or ELDX. The BC is still pretty low, and it's still yeah. losing velocity. Yeah. Right. So even if you launched it at a velocity fast enough so that it would experience that aerodynamic heating, it's degrading in velocity so, so rapidly yes. that 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 yeah. the heat yeah. wouldn't maintain long enough to, to start to deform the plastic. Exactly. And we need and we need to let the viewers know that the heat shield material by heat shield material by nature is very hard and stiff, whereas this conventional Delrin material is a is softer it's more malleable so it lends itself to give you better oh, terminal performance better terminal. at the speed so i mean number one you don't need heat shield number two this conventional plastic if you will does a whole lot better job of giving you the terminal performance you need so it's a no-brainer on why you would use this is one of those applications where and mm-hmm. we've gotten really good over the years let's build stuff specifically for what we need it to do and use the materials that we need don't just put it in there just because we have it oh yeah we've got heat shield material absolutely well why would you not put it in no, 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 because it doesn't, the, doesn't the product need doesn't need it, nor does it want it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay. That makes sense. It's, yeah, there's so much more that goes into the development of a product that I think the, the general consumer, and a lot of times the general employee here, doesn't quite fully grasp how, you know, uncovering one thing can actually influence many, many other things. Um, we didn't talk about this. We've referenced it, referenced it several times. What is the BC on this bullet? It's right at, uh, what was it, 345. G1. No, no, 315. 315. 315 G1. 345 sounded a little steep, but... <laughs> Sorry. Three, it's 315, yeah. A 315 G1. Now, comparatively, yeah. the original 290 FTX is like a 135. Yeah. So, that is a, it's a significant <laughs> increase, not yeah. even in the same universe. So, what does that mean for us? For the muzzleloading hunter, what does that mean, that, that increase in BC, which is substantial, to say the least? I think the biggest 
thing, uh, the biggest benefit, the ELDX compared to the board, the original board driver, the FTX, is just that added ballistic advantage you get in real-life hunting scenarios. Uh, the BC difference gives you a significantly less amount of holdover. Um, we're talking if you have a 100-yard zero or almost two feet difference at 300 yards, two feet less drop. Wow. With the, with the Even though grain it's bullet. nearly 100 grains heavier, it's, it's two feet flatter at 300 yards. Yeah. Not to mention wind drift, wind deflection, and energy on target. And wind deflection wow. is going to be huge on these on these 50 cal bullets. Wind, wind drift is a big, big factor. That's, that, that blows my mind. So I've said when you first started working on this bullet, the, the heavier projectile kind of, I don't know, creeped me out for a while when it comes to choosing muzzleloader bullets. Before I worked at Hornady, I would go to whatever retailer and I would always try to find the lightest weight bullet, muzzleloader bullet. Because in my mind, you know, the the way it worked at the time, with, with a, shoot I don't faster. know what I don't know. So sure. sure. But I'm you like, were shooting well, them faster. I'm shooting them faster, you know, less yep. drop, whatever. And then when you started working on this bullet and then fed me some facts of how that more efficient, higher BC projectile will actually have less drop for the muzzleloader world, mm-hmm. I just, I don't know. I don't know why, but that, that blew my mind. Well, and that's, it, yep, exactly proves the point that. You've got extended range with less drop, more energy on target, more velocity on target, and less wind drift. That's that's a win so, all the way around. Well, I was going to say out here, it's one thing if you're hunting in the woods, you know, yeah. and 50 yards is a long ways. Okay, I get it. But out here where we hunt, cornfields, bean fields, or even further sand west, hills. sand hills, or Colorado, Mountains, or, yeah, yeah. open terrain. 300 yards doesn't necessarily get you that far sometimes. And now you stack on an evening time where that's what you, you, you take it or you don't, you know, yep. I mean, I, this new bullet is going to lend itself to be very advantageous and like places where I hunt, it's going to help. It's going to help me. And it's been yeah. proven. Yeah. It's been we talked perfect, about Perfect it. example <laughs> was, uh, yeah, yeah. My, my antelope hunt a few weeks ago. Yeah. Maybe. Episode 40. Check yeah. that out. We're in a situation out there where we're, we're hunting antelope with a muzzleloader in Nebraska. We, we had a hard time. In the grasslands. In the grasslands. Like, nothing. There's nothing. In the Great Plains. And it's called the Great Plains for <laughs> we had a hard, Yeah, we had a hard time breaking that 300-yard mark. And then that's why I ended up taking a 340-yard shot because, honestly, that's as close as I can get. Yeah. And that's what you built the bullet for. If this is as close as you can get, you know, rather than, you know, send one out on a hope and a prayer, you can know that right. you can that your trajectory is going to be flatter. You're going to have the energy and velocity on target to make the bullet operate. You're not going to have near as much wind drift and you can hang your hat on that and know with confidence, you're going to put that bullet where it belongs. Absolutely. Absolutely. For the listeners that haven't heard that story, why don't you just briefly tell that, how, how you went through that? I mean, you had your distance, 340 yards, you pulled out your phone with the BC calculator, calculated, calculated your drop and then went from there. So, before we had left on that trip, I had shot this bullet 300 yards here on steel. So I knew what it, I knew my drop at 300 and, uh, yeah. So that was in my mind, that was my max range. That was my max distance. I could shoot that comfortably. Well, which for an inline muzzleloader, that's a poke. Right. Yeah. Standard normal with a 290 grain bullet. I wouldn't, my max distance is probably two, 250 maybe. Mm-hmm. 
um, just because it's dropping so much. Right. But anyway, I get to that, in that situation, okay, I range that antelope 340 yards. I know exactly where I'm holding that 300. I'm not confident much past that. So I, yeah, I had the, the Fordoff app on the BC side, the BC calculator, and I run it 340. Okay, I know how much drop that is compared to where at in my reticle I was holding over before. And it was close enough that I'm comfortable taking that shot, especially where there was no wind. Um, and it was, the bull was capable enough and it hit its mark. So with a, with that st- shorter stub your bullet, I wouldn't have been in that situation. I wouldn't have shot that, no. that buck. Well, and I think that, yeah, only that serves to prove, prove a bunch of points. One of which is that that BC value is an honest BC value. Um, that's a Doppler radar derived BC. And I know there's some other long range muzzle loading bullets on the market, um, that don't have quite the shape and, and the OGI profile that we do, but they, their advertised BCs are claimed to be near that 315 mark, which is what ours is. And I'll just tell you, I don't, I don't think that's going to hold water. I don't know. And yeah. And to, to, uh, expand on that, those published BC numbers, uh, RBC is at Mach 1.5. It's what we can get out of a standard factory inline muzzleloader. Yeah, you can pump with, the numbers. With, with standard magnum loads, not uh, the, the super magnum loads that you'd need to, oh, get, like to grain. get to Mach 2.0 or 2.2 or whatever those are published at with the higher BCs. Like, well, yeah, our, you shoot these at Mach 2, you're going to have a higher BC, but you need a special gun that can take those charges to even get to that velocity. So yep. this is. It's pretty honest at that at that BC. That's awesome. That yeah, that it is. We go through. Obviously, we have a Doppler radar. We use it for a bunch of stuff, but we're using it on muzzleloader bullets. But proof's in the pudding because if that BC value wasn't wasn't uh, uh, that accurate, three hundred and forty yard shot. I mean, when you're doing nineteen hundred feet per second at the muzzle, you know that that accounts for something. So that's a good BC value, and uh, it's crazy to think, you know, Judd running around trying to find the lightest bullet and launch those things as fast as I can to just a few short years later, being able to use a ballistic calculator in the field to make a, a really well-placed 340-yard shot. It's pretty... With a budget-friendly inline muzzleloader. Yeah, no, yeah. Nothing fancy, just off-the-shelf factory inline. That Yeah, that means something, too. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, those those new ones, the, uh, you know, the longer-range type muzzleloaders, those are really cool. Um, but not everybody's got one of those. Not everybody can afford mm-hmm. one of those. And this is like Joe mentioned, if you're hunting in, you know, tight timber, yeah, the, the original board driver, perfect. I'd, I'd preferably, I would choose that one to be honest with you. But when you're not, when you're in the sandhills, when you're on the prairie, when you're in the mountains, you got to have something that works and you can take your regular 28 twist inline muzzleloader and simply swap bullets and increase your range. I'm just spitballing here, and, and I don't know if we can come up with this right now, but is there a point where the FTX is superior, and then at some point that ELDX version passes it? So, for instance, say I'm a 100-yard a timber shooter, 100-yard max. If I'm talking time of flight, is the FTX getting there before the ELDX? Yeah, like, there, it, it, I don't know the muzzle velocity difference. It wouldn't, I, I, don't, I wouldn't think it'd be much, to be I honest I don't think it's you. very much. So, But if the FTX is going, let's just say, 50 foot faster at the muzzle, yes, it's going to beat the ELDX, the heavier bullet, for yeah. 50 yards. I'm just picking a number, but it's going to beat it. But it, it's, it's going to be, be for long. It's yeah. not going to be for long. But is that 
potentially a reason to shoot the FTX then. Like, hey, I'm only shooting. Well, I think I think we need to have the conversation about terminal characteristics for these two. Yes. For that same subject. Yeah, that's because that's the that's other side a, of the point. Uh, that's the one where you need to. They're built differently. FTX got a flex tip. It's in the name. Uh, the newer one's got a harder tip. And it's built that way for a reason. I mean, like I said earlier, that front end of that bullet's a lot of air space, a lot of air gap in there. So we didn't, we had to take up room with air, not lead, so we could keep our weight reasonable. Um, that has some play on terminal performance. Sure. Now we built this so that way it didn't just come apart when you when you shoot basically a muzzle velocity shot on a, on a game animal. So the, the front end's built a little bit tougher around that harder tip. The FTX softer front end. Uh, the tip allows that to expand a lot easier. So if you're, yeah, if you're, a, I know I'm not going to be taking a shot past 80 yards just because I can't see that far. Yeah, probably the FTX is probably the better better option. But if you're going to be in the situation where, yeah, I might have to take a 300, 325 yard shot because I'm hunting cut cornfields and it's December and mm-hmm. like Judd Judd actually has done right the same exact thing. My MO. Yeah. The difference between two and 300 yards, that 100 yards can make a, make it or break you actually having a shot on a on a deer that deer yeah i'd say use the use the eldx that's yeah that's a good point and a good way to to summarize it yeah the ft the ftx is a little better for terminal up close mm-hmm. just face it it is it's a little tougher it was built for that but it will not give you the added downrange performance yeah. that the eldx does so well yeah. and the board driver eldx we call it the eldx and it's not just a name we slap on there the eldx lineage regarding centerfire it's got to do everything. It's got to do close up. It's got to do mid range. It's got to do extended range, and it's got to do it all accurately. Really? Yes. And uh, you know that board driver ELDX lives up to that name and reputation. Proofs in the pudding. We've got animals down. You know groups that that look like centerfire groups on paper. Um, I mean, it's just it's a it's a turnkey package, Colorado legal, that just effectively extends your range by a hundred yards or more sometimes just by switching to a different bullet. And that's the cool part to me is, yeah, if you're shooting, you know, a sabotage bullet or what, or whatever you're shooting, but you need a little bit of extra range performance, you don't need a faster twist, you don't need a new muzzleloader, you need the right bullet and trust that the efficiency of the bullet is going to do the work at range. Sure. Yeah. The, on that note, uh, trust the, trust the efficiency of the bullet. Cause yeah, you can get higher velocities and a lot, a lot of people love that muzzle velocity number. High, higher, the better. You got a 45 cal, 240 50 grain bullet, and a sabot, and you can yeah, you'll be able to push it faster than this. No question, you're not going to be able to push a 340 grain bullet that fast. With standard loads, we're talking 1900 feet a second. That's what you're going to get out of it. But yeah, if you just <clears throat> understand the bullet's capabilities, uh, I think you're still better off. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, well done with this one, and I mean that earnestly. Obviously, I'm a champion of all of our products and all of our new products here for 2023, but this one. Uh, in particular, it's it's a home run. You know, it like I I've been beating that up, but it's just amazing that it's just turnkey. Just yeah. just just shoot this one. That, well, that's I imagine all you have to do. We're all going to be using this one this fall. Like you guys, <laughs> some of you guys have got to use it, Ryan. I know you. Yeah. I haven't got to use it yet, but um, I like hunting muzzleloader season anyway. Yeah, for less me, pressure. It's a month. It's cold. I have one shot in the gun. So as a hunter, I enjoy that Pressure's challenge. On. So, yeah, so I enjoy it all. So I, I'm looking forward to it. Well, I think that's something to say too for the the non muzzleloader hunters that are listeners. You know, we're so excited about it in Nebraska because our muzzleloader season is a 
full month of December season. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a huge chunk uh, of hunting time. So that's why we're so excited about muzzleloading uh, projectiles. Same could be true for somebody in like Kansas. You know, they, oh, yeah. they have a muzzleloader season mm-hmm. prior to rifle. Uh, yeah, prior to rifle. So yep, you know, going. there's different perks out there that you know muzzleloading is something, especially with the the bullets nowadays. Yep, man, it's a it's it's the go to. It is, and and I think we mentioned this in a separate podcast, but you know, uh, Judd, you joked that your mo was hunting uh, picked cornfields in December in those big white tail states. You know, Ohio, yeah. Iowa, you know, Missouri, and all these states. But I guess you could include Nebraska in there too. Uh, you got that muzzleloader season and it's late. It's going to be cold and they're going to be strapping they're, on the feedback. They're coming out to the food. Yep. yep. And uh, that can be a pretty amazing time to be out in the field. Anytime's good. But yeah, that's why we're so excited. Yeah. That's a good point, Judd. Yeah. Well, you mentioned whitetail. I wonder if we shouldn't just take a brief second and talk about the elk application. Like, oh, especially with Colorado. Like, you know, with this yep. absolute, where they have special muzzleloader yeah. seasons yeah. in Colorado. And, yeah. And bullet diameter and weight requirements as well yep but yeah that's a point that yeah we haven't talked about we're all hyped up on sandhills mule deer and and big whitetail bucks but if you're an elk hunter this is about as good as it's going to get um as far as yeah cup and core anemone lead core 340 grains 50 cal i mean what's not to like for elk hunting i mean well and they're historically the toughest animal to bring down in in the woods Mm -hmm. from from all accounts pretty much you know you're not going to take him off his feet he's moving so you got to make sure that shot counts and with a with a inferior bullet or one that is plated not cup and core like you mentioned you can limit your penetration pretty severely and that's that's not okay well you have to be very selective on your shot i mean mm-hmm. shot play these bullets here he, he's quartering a little bit or angle or whatever just put it in his ribs and let it fish in there. We yeah. just shot him on high speed again this morning. And the crazy thing is, is like, we shot the low end first, which was like, what was it? Could you say or, it was a 300 M- yard impact? No, or was it, a little, <clears throat> it won't be that far. Uh, 14. Uh, just the muzzle last is about 1460 is what we shot it at. And the crazy thing was, is, I mean, you had your, your big wound cavity or temporary cavity at the beginning of the block. And then even as it exited the block, and that's what, 22 inches, 24 inches. Wow. And the wound cavity yeah. at the end of the block was still like four like inches, five, yeah, four like or five a base, inches. Like a baseball. As it was all, going, yeah. Think all of that. the way through. So I mean, that, that is, that was pretty sneaky cool. That's got big game written all over it. Yeah. yeah. And well, I know we talked about it because it is a big deal, but that Colorado legal you get that Colorado elk season. It's early. The bulls are screaming. This is your bullet. Absolutely. Yeah, it is. It'll be every bit as accurate as you can accurately shoot your muzzleloader. Uh, you know, those are that particular tag's a open sight only tag. So, uh, for as far as you can shoot with open sights, this is the one. It's big. It's heavy. It penetrates. It holds together. Yeah, that's a good point. Thanks for bringing that up, Judd. Because it, yeah, that is a that's a point. Yeah, so yeah, we're all hyped up on deer. Moose I'd throw in there as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's, yeah, it's a big bullet. And yeah, even at traditional range, it's still a big bullet. Grains. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, I'm excited about it, guys. I know uh, that new product development is something that you and your team take very seriously. And obviously, that's that's what we're, we love to do. We love to innovate and we love to make cool stuff. And Joe, you've mentioned this uh, on just here, a podcast not long ago. We love to do it because that's what we love to do. Like we love to hunt, 
So we got to develop products that we can use on our hunts. And uh, there's not one person sitting at this table that's not an avid hunter. Yep. Not one. And that goes for, and it's not just this table. There's a lot of other tables or benches or desks or whatever and, yep. in this company that it's the same way. So yes, I, I just think that's cool. I, I hope people can resonate with that because it's, we do take that serious around here. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a great year. 2023 is going to be a fantastic year for Hornady. Certainly got some awesome new products and this is definitely one of them. Is there anything else you guys uh, want to drive home about muzzleloading and the bore driver ELDX? Oh, I think we covered the yeah. covered the highlights. You guys want to hit on any powder? I mean, is there you, you've shot a variety of different powders? I uh, yeah, I mean, just we, a preference. <clears throat> we talked about this in the uh, muzzleloader episode, but we can yeah talk about it here too. Yeah, just in general, generally speaking, I'll, I'll be a my vote's always going to be with loose powder. Uh, just and specifically Blackhorn 209, just because of, especially, that's even a good note on this heavy bullet, you can't get the velocities with pellets. Mm. I mean, a three pellet load, 150 grain load with this big 340 grain bullet, you're not even touching 1700 feet a second. Oh, wow. Whereas max charge of Blackhorn, I can hit, hit 1900. That's a big difference there. Uh, yeah. Not to mention the cleanliness, the which in turn is ease of reloads on, on consecutive shots. That pelletized powder just, it follows up way faster. It's dirty. So yeah, I'm going to be a fan of loose powder for sure. You can weigh it more accurately, weighed out, not by volume, definitely weighed out. I can, I find it's just so much, it's just such better mousetrap. You get just better results in general. Oh uh, yeah. A, a preference thing though, I guess I, I was just yeah. asking if there, Performance-wise, you hit on it with the difference in velocity, but I mean, there's guys that love pellets. So, well, they're so yeah. convenient. I yeah. mean, you got to give it to them for that. Um, but I feel like with the board driver LDX, that's probably you know the people that are going to buy this and use this in the field are probably looking to to maybe go to that next level, maybe start weighing out their powder, see which powders perform the best, give them the best accuracy, best velocity. So. Yep. Yeah, Blackhorn 209 definitely gets a big vote. It's really the only propellant that I've ever used on any, you know, black powder substitute that I've ever used. Um, like I said, I, I think I've shot some in the lab for work, but for right. my personal stuff, it's always been Blackhorn 209. Just make sure uh, breech plugs are nice and clean and dry. Yep. Because um, you'll hear guys with hang, hang fires with Blackhorns, just it takes a lot more oomph to get that powder ignited. Sure. Make sure you're using 209 Magnum primers of some variety, not the the muzzle loader labeled primers. Yeah, if your gun has a, a black horn, designed for black horn breech plug, have that. Uh, yeah. So, and, and I've had, I've fought that too. It, shooting so much for testing and stuff, you're cleaning muzzle loaders all the time. And if that doesn't get dried out and you set up on a rack and maybe that solvent, whatever's in there, it drains, it drains down and it gets in that breech plug and that flash hole. And you think it's clean and dry, you might get a you might get a hang a slight hang fire with that igniting that black horn. So something I just something I've learned. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. You've you've shot more than anybody at the table, I think, here in the last few years. <laughs> yeah. Doing the ELDX development well, and this sure. the original board driver, you were yeah put a put a hurting on some black horn two hundred nine <laughs> and your shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Well. I appreciate you guys sharing the story of the board driver ELDX. I'm excited about it. I know you guys are, and it'll be it'll be a home run product as uh, as a, was the original board driver. This one just extending that range just a little bit and goes a long way. Absolutely. 
Awesome. Well, guys, hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more information on the Board Driver ELDX and the rest of the 2023 new products, check them out at Hornady.com, and we'll catch you guys on the next one.